This is Tom and Bach coming at you live from Koppel Chevrolet GMC Studios in the heart of Lincoln, America on 93.7 The Ticket and theticketfm.com. Here are your hosts, Tom Stevens. I'm not commenting on that until I'm ready to comment on it. Jake Bakoven. You watch the game. You figure it out, huh? What do you think? Tom and Bach starts now. Hour number two of Tom and Bach. Tom Stevens here. Jake Bachoven there. It's lunchtime. I think uh, Mary Allen's going to come in from Food for the Soul, Bach, and maybe we'll get to eat. That sounds uh, exciting. Uh, they're in South Point, uh, right by the Upside Grill. We do Monday Night Football there. Nicole uh, yeah. broadcast live on Monday nights. It's right next to Red Robin. You need to try it. Uh, they've got brisket. I, I don't know what they're bringing in, but they've got a menu that includes catfish and pulled pork and brisket, and all sorts of good stuff. Ribs, hot butter wings. Uh, sounds delicious. I think they're going to feed us uh, at some point. I'm excited because DP absolutely loves this stuff, so I'm, I'm excited to give this a shot. Upside Bar and Lounge is where it's located, right near there. Also Red Robin in that area. It's at South Point. Uh, you need to try it. It's uh, Mary Allen's Food for the Soul. I think uh, Charles Phillips is going to drop by the chef uh, and talk to us about how they make the food and and how we eat the food. Uh, they'll see how we eat the food, I think, as well. Uh, Cooper Cup um, had a big day uh, for your Arizona car. Actually, uh, for not, not your, no, he plays for the for Los the Angeles Rams. Yep. He plays for the Rams. Uh, but interesting, after the game, I think they beat the they beat the Bears. Who they beat over the weekend? It, it wasn't somebody that was very good. But he had a big day, and he's he's statistically the best wide receiver in the NFL right now. He's the number one wide receiver in the NFL statistically. Uh, this is how he explained a touchdown reception recently. For touchdown specifically, your defender went and blitzed. What did you see there? How were you able to, to use that to your advantage? Yeah, they said a little three deep fire zone, brought the nickel off the edge, safety dropped down. Uh, <laughs> it didn't look like they were doing a replacement fire zone, so I knew at the back away we were going to get three pushing through. Um, <laughs> I had an opportunity to kind of run in there if I could beat my guy and just had to beat the safety to the end zone. <laughs> I was wondering, <laughs> did he do that? You think he did that intentionally? Was he just being kind of smart, Alec? Yeah, they said a little three deep fire zone, brought the nickel off the edge, safety dropped down. Uh, it didn't look like they were doing a replacement fire zone, so I knew at the back away we were going to get three pushing through. Um, I had an opportunity to kind of run in there if I could beat my guy and just had to beat the safety to the end zone. There you go. I, I thought that was great. I thought it was great that he did that. Um, I, I think it might have been intentional. He seems like kind of a wise aleck, just trying to be fun. Yeah, I mean, if you if you ask a question, you sometimes get a football answer. That's a very yeah. intricate football answer, yeah. and I, I liked it. Yeah, I think I think he's just having fun. I don't think he's trying to be mean or anything. But, um, um, I mean, um, he gave us the answer, and it's kind of fun. You can kind of break it down, figure out the parts that you know what he's right. talking about, maybe some of the parts that you don't know the football analogies to. So uh, I, I like it. I like. I, I hope that I wish that more football players would answer questions like that. I do too, uh, especially right after the play. I mean, that was just uh, they very, beat the Jaguars, by the way, thirty-seven. Uh, uh, yeah. Well, there you go. Yeah. Uh, they had hadn't been playing I think they had lost three in a row and they played the Jags and then immediately you get healthy against Urban Meyer's gang which has just been awful uh the Jags are absolutely terrible so were the Lions but then the Lions face the Vikings and boom they they finally win um this was interesting to me as well uh just want to play a couple sound bites that uh, stood out to me this week uh UConn start Paige, Paige Beckers uh suffered a tibia fracture uh is expected to miss six to eight weeks uh, she was injured 
in UConn's big victory over Notre Dame. Uh, UConn's number two in the country. Notre Dame a top 25 team, but they blew them out, 73-52. to 52. But why was Paige Becker still in the game? This is Gino Ariama's uh, answer as to why she was in the game, one of the best players in college basketball. She never wants, She never comes out. She never wants to come out. It, it's, she's a pain in the ass to have on the bench because all she does is complain about why she's not playing. And we've made a concerted effort in the last three or four games to get her some rest during the game. And you're right. I don't have an answer for why she was in the game. I mean, that could happen anytime. It could happen in practice. It could happen in the game. It could happen anytime. But, yeah, I don't like our team without her on the court. Anytime a superstar and Paige Beckers is certainly that, one of the best players in college basketball, gets injured in meaningless minutes. Uh, you see this in football, in whatever sport. Uh, somebody yeah. gets injured in meaningless minutes. The the immediate question, after, and you have to ask the question as a reporter to a guy like Gino Ariema, uh, why was she in the game? And he goes, you know what? She's a pain in the butt when she's on the bench. She's always begging to get in. So we put her in the game because we don't have to listen to her asking about you know trying to get in the game. And she's one of our best players. Do you have a problem with her being in the game? Not necessarily, especially at UConn, where you're beating a lot of teams by a lot. Yeah. Um, you know, you still want to get playing time. They still want to get their stats, and they still want to have fun out there. So, um, you know, I don't have a huge problem with it. Uh, if she, if she, if that's kind of yeah. and his reasoning behind it, it's perfect. I mean, if she really continues to kind of bother him about it, I mean, yeah. you kind of think about recruiting. If your top stars want to play, and then you don't let them play. Yeah. You know, maybe that gets around. Yeah. So uh, I, I think it, I think it's fine. I don't have a problem yeah. with it. And people, and again, people can get injured anywhere, yeah. whether non-contract deals or whatever yeah. it is. So I wouldn't focus too much on that. Um, but I mean, I, it, it would be frustrating to the fan base. But yeah, I, I, I don't have a big problem with her playing. Um, but then when something bad happens, at first they thought it might be an ACL, and like she's got done for the entire season. Uh, instead, then they thought maybe a hyperextension, something along those lines, and now it's a broken tibia, uh, six to eight weeks. So she'll be back, uh, be back in plenty of time for them to complete or compete for a national title, uh, and they'll need her, obviously, to win one. But it's always funny with uh, coaches being asked those questions when they when to play someone, when not to play somebody, uh, and you know you get you get injured in a meaningless drill or something that could have been avoided, and you feel like, well, you blew it there, didn't you? Uh, but as you mentioned, you can get injured doing anything at any time. Uh, let's get to box tops. It is that time, the 10 today. What's the category today, Box? Oh, in honor of uh, Michigan basketball coming into Lincoln to play the Huskers tonight. Let's go through our top 10 Michigan Wolverines basketball players of all time. Now, some of these names are probably just a little bit more recent, so everybody can follow along. And some of them aren't necessarily top 10 career-worthy, but just notable names, um, some fun ones to go through. Uh, before I go through those specifically, I did have uh, a few things to go through. First, my others receiving votes. Uh, um, and maybe you can uh, mention uh, some right. of the, your memories here. Okay. Uh, Karis LeVert, who, by the way, today the Pacers said uh, they are willing to trade him, Sabonis, or Miles Turner. They're, they're going to do a rebuild. So yeah. um, basically Sabonis, Miles Turner, and Karis LeVert. I shouldn't say they said it, but reports are out yeah. that those guys are open. But he was pretty good. Uh, Glenn Robinson the third, DJ Wilson, Duncan Robinson, the three-point shooter, Mitch McGarry. Manny Harris, FK Udo actually played there for a few years. Jamal Crawford, if I did a top 10 of my favorite players, Jamal Crawford would be near the top, one of the best uh, um, dribblers of all time, but he only played like half a season at Michigan. Uh, Tim Hardaway Jr., Ramil Robinson, Roy Tarpley, 
and Robert Tractor Trailer, all in my others receiving votes category. And what, what sticks out to me about this list, any one of those players would be among the best players of all time at Nebraska. Yeah, that's very true. And in the top uh, ten will definitely be a lot of those guys, too. Yeah. An interesting note about uh, Michigan basketball, by the way, uh, there's there's some jokes out there about Scott Freeze maybe being the offensive Scott coordinator. Scott Freeze, huh? At Nebraska. Scott which Frost going to hire Scott Freeze. Just Scott Freeze is just an alter ego of Scott Frost. But there was a man on the Michigan coaching staff, Michigan basketball, in 1997 by the name of Scott Trost. He was an assistant for Trost? their NIT championship. T-R-O-U. T-R-O-S-T. T-R-O-S-T. Just one difference. Trost. Take out the F of Frost and put in the T. Uh, he actually coached four years, though, and eventually was associate head coach. Um, and he helped uh, Robert Tractor Trailer win that NIT championship in 1997. So he was there for uh, basketball at the same time Scott Frost was winning the national title for Nebraska in football. That's right. And Michigan was winning that national title for football as well. That's right. They, 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 we don't count theirs, right? Because they got the stupid woodshop trophy. Yeah, but if they won, win one this year, it'll be their first since 1997, and we'll have to all just acknowledge, oh, man. They're not going to win the national title. <laughs> I don't think so. I don't want them to. I want them to kind of get to the national championship game and then lose. That's what you're hoping for. <laughs> yeah. I want them to be really depressed at the end. I'll be cheering for them. I'm nah, always cheering for the nah, Big Ten. Actually, yeah, I, I go through that debate as well. You got to cheer for the league, right? Yeah, uh, makes the league look better. I, I don't like that. I don't like cheering for Iowa or even Jim Harbaugh. But especially this league's dominated by Ohio State. It's like the only team that's like in its own category. Yeah. It'd be nice to have another team up there. Yeah. Uh, number ten on my list. How about Spike Aldrich? Albrecht. He was most well known I for his him. seventeen point first half performance off the bench for the, in the Wolverines championship game against Louisville. Uh, by the end of the first half of that game, Albrecht had tied Sam Gasell by making his first nine three-point shots in NCAA tournament games that season. Uh, what made it especially impressive was that Spike only averaged 2.2 points per game that year. He finished his career averaging 3.5, but it was just one of the more magical yeah. moments in NCAA tournament history, and especially championship game history. Uh, the Wolverines did come up short in that game, 82-76. Louisville ended yeah. up winning. Rick Pitino ended up Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba getting a tattoo because of it. And he actually, Spike Aldrich, ended up transferring and winning another Big Ten title yeah. with Purdue. Wow. Hey, wasn't he a walk-on? I'm trying to remember. I think I, he was. I think he might have been a walk-on. Uh, we'll get your call, Tom, but we got to get through the list here. Yeah. Uh, number nine on my list, how about Mo Wagner, Mor- Mortise Wagner, a yeah. product of Berlin, Germany. His brother Franz actually just left Michigan. And I think that's why they're struggling a little bit. It's hard yeah. to replace Franz Wagner. Yeah, where did um, he go? What happened? He um, went up to the NBA draft. Okay, that's right. Uh, but but um, Mo Mo is, Wagner, yeah, was okay, okay. the older yeah, brother. Yeah, yeah, okay. And he's kind of being traded around. He's not yeah. necessarily a great NBA product, but he was the Big Ten's uh, 2018 Men's Basketball Tournament MVP. Uh, a run in which they won 
opened by beating Nebraska. Yeah. And that, that victory all but eliminated Nebraska from tournament consideration. That was the, the James Palmer year uh, yeah. where, you know, they, they were just that close. They, they, had, had, like, to, they had to win. If they win that game, they're, they're, in. Prob- they're probably in. And yeah. they should have been any, in any way. They won like 13 Big Ten games and yeah. didn't get in that year. But the Big Ten was kind of down that Big year. Big Ten was really down. Yeah. Uh, and I remember at the time even arguing that they shouldn't have been in. But mm-hmm. even looking back on it, it's right. a bit silly that they had that big, bit good of a record and mm-hmm. didn't get in. Anyway, Mo Wagner went on to have a magical run in March and brought his team to the national yeah. championship game. They eventually lost to Villanova in the championship game, but still a heck of a run for him. And I actually won some money on my NCAA nice. tournament that year How by much going with Michigan. Not like a hundred bucks, but nice. Yeah, that was so a good you deal. still have it? Did you save it? No, I, no, I, I probably spent, spent it. Probably that, that moment, <laughs> yeah. uh, wherever you're watching the games, you probably spent it on beer. Uh, number eight on my list, Rudy Tomjanovich, the second-team All-American in 1970, uh, two-time first-team All-Big Ten. He actually is the, the highest career total of rebounders at Michigan still. He had 1,039 rebounds during his career. Uh, of course, he's most notable for his NBA tenure. As a player, he was punched in 1977 by Kermit Washington yep, of the Lakers. Very, very famous. Yeah. Shattered his face. Oh, yeah. It, it literally shattered his face and inflicted life-threatening head and spinal injuries on him, leaving him sidelined for five months. He'd eventually recover and become an NBA All-Star a few years later. Yeah. Um, but in any case, he went on as a coaching, too, NBA titles with the Houston Rockets in 94 yeah. 95, which yeah. a lot of Michael Jordan fans don't even believe that those years yeah. happened. That'd be one of those <laughs> things if Kermit Washington could stop his hand. I'm sure he would have. Oh, mean, yeah. Because that just ruined his life. I mean, just ruined oh, yeah. his life. And and Tom Donovich as well. I mean, Tom, I remember Rudy very well playing for Houston. He was a great NBA player. Yeah. Really, really good. Do you remember his, uh, those Rockets team in the mid-90s? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Why Why is that? Why did we just kind of skip over those? Because Michael Jordan set out half a year one right. of those and the, the whole year the other year, but... It seems like those teams are the, some of the most overlooked champions of all time just because it's in the middle of the, the MJ run. Yeah, I think that's totally it. I mean, it shouldn't be overlooked, though. Yeah. I mean, those were some really good teams. Clyde was there, right? Yeah. Uh, and Rudy Tom and Robert Ory, of course. Robert Ory. I mean, those were fun teams to watch. Yeah. Uh, number seven on my list, how about Derek Walton, the 2017 Big Ten Tournament MVP. Uh, if you remember, it's just one of my favorite team stories, one of my favorite Big Ten Tournament memories so far. Derek Walton and his team, uh, they had a, a problem with their plane. It slid off the runway as it took off from the airport to depart for the Big Ten Conference Tournament. Uh, so despite some damage to the plane, all passengers were unharmed. But the problem was the team did not ro- arrive to the tournament until less than 90 minutes before the scheduled tip-off. Uh, the team played in practice uniforms, went on to defeat Illinois 75-55, to and then just went on to win the whole thing as yeah. the number eight seed. They became the lowest-seeded team to ever win the Big Ten Tournament, Derek Walton uh, leading that group. I remember that so well. Yeah. That was such a weird year. That was a cool story. Yeah, But, yeah, they didn't get the practice uniforms, and so they had to play in the practice jerseys. Yeah. That's pretty cool. Uh, number six on my list, Nick Stauskas. He was the last Big Ten defensive player of the year for them. Or not defensive, just player of the year in general. Also the last All-American at Mich- Michigan until Hunter Dickinson last season. Nick Stoskis didn't have a great NBA career, but he was really good in the, at college. Yeah. Another great shooter. Yeah. I mean, they... Had, I, mean, I think of Michigan, that's one of the things I think of. Just great shooter after great shooter. They did have a lot of them. All right, let's get to the at number five, start with the Fab Five. Of course, Juan Howard coming in tonight, coaching, was part of that Fab Five. He's not quite on my list, but I have a few of them on here. Jalen Rose is leading my list. He led the Fab Five in scoring his freshman year with 17.6 points per game, set the school record for freshman that year. Uh, he was one of the most outspoken of the Fab Five. Uh, he was also an All-American in 1994. Of course, the Fab Five 
five of you remember, uh, were, were kind of cool. They had baggy shorts, black socks. Oh, yeah. uh, became immensely popular as they were seen bringing a hip-hop flavor to the game. That, that was the best recruiting class of all time, right? Yeah. I mean, basically. I went to two, two runners-up and went to two national championships games. Yeah, I mean, Chris Webber, of course, the famous timeout. Yeah. I mean, that, that's what he'll be remembered to. And he had a great NBA career. Oh, he yeah. He didn't win a championship, but he's always going to be remembered for the timeout. I uh, really like he, him as a commentator. Yeah. Some people poke fun of him. No, I think I, he's I good. Like I think he's really good. All right, number four is for the old heads, Kazzy Russell. You remember Kazzy Russell? Yeah. I do. That was my era, the 70s. That's right. Only His only jersey number to be retired at Michigan, number 33. You can't wear that. He was the National Player of the Year in 1966, the number one pick in that 1966 draft for the New York Knicks. Uh, he actually led the Wolverines to three consecutive Big Ten titles in a Final Four appearance in 64 and 65. Uh, even lo- in, even to the championship game, they lost to John Wooden in 65 yeah. in UCLA. Uh, but he di- did become an NBA champion with the Knicks in 1970, their last title yeah. still, and uh, all-star in 1972 with the Warriors. Nice. Kazzy Russell. I mean, that was a little bit before my time. I didn't really start getting into the NBA until the late 70s, early 80s, but... I certainly remember Cassie Russell. A lot of people didn't get into the yeah. NBA till the late seventies or eighties. Yeah, that's probably true. Yeah, uh, number three on my list: Trey Burke, the National Player of the Year in two thousand thirteen. He led the two thousand thirteen Wolverines to the championship game that year. Of course, was kind of known throughout that tournament to hit some big shots, um, long distance threes. He also led the Big Ten in assists his uh, sophomore year and set the Michigan record in single season assists. So, kind of known as a scorer, but also could help his help set up his players as well. Nice. Nice. Love it. And number two on my list, Chris Weber. We mentioned him. First team All-American. Led the Michigan Wolverines in 1991 in the uh, Fab Five. Uh, and then reached the 1992-1993 championship games as a freshman and sophomore. However, Weber has been indicted by a federal grand jury and stripped of his All-American honors by the NCAA as a result of a direct involvement in the Ed Martin scandal. Um, which, interestingly enough, got flipped, uh, like started... Because Mateen Cleaves was on a visit right. to Michigan and had like a, a car crash or whatever. So Mateen Cleaves was like, all right, I'm out of here. Yeah. Goes and wins the championship at Michigan State and kind right. of got a lot of things destroyed wow. for Michigan. He didn't do it directly. I'm just saying it involved yeah. him. So kind of an interesting tie in there. I, I forget about that scandal. I mean, it, it's still, I mean, it's not much of a thing anymore, but it was a big deal when it happened. Chris Weber wouldn't talk to like the other members of the Fab Five. They wouldn't talk to each other yeah. for the longest time because of that sort yeah, of thing. That was a weird deal. I mean, they kind of made up. He and, I think so, yeah. I think he and Jay. Jalen have kind of made up at least a little. It seems yeah. like uh, they get a lot Yeah, they've talked that. the last yeah. couple of years. Uh, number one on my list, one of my favorite players of all time, Glenn Rice. 1989 tournament championship, the only championship for Michigan basketball. He became the school's all-time leading scorer uh, with 2,442 points. He led Michigan to that 1989 championship, scored an NCAA record that still stands, 184 points in tournament play. Uh, big, big Glenn Rice fan? I like him. I think he passed Mike McGee. On that list. I mean, Mike McGee, an Omaha kid uh, who chose Michigan over Nebraska, left there at Michigan, their all-time leading scorer, and then went to the Lakers and had a nice career there. I think he's still on the broadcast team. Yeah, I think so. Uh, Mike McGee. uh, But, yeah, he was another. I'm surprised that you didn't even uh, throw him a, a bone, Mike McGee. Yeah, sorry, Mike McGee. Yeah, sorry. There's a lot of good players at Michigan. Yeah, that's, that's the that, point. And again, if he'd have played at Nebraska, he'd probably be you know, top <laughs> ten. Great. He definitely would have been on this list. But I can understand. Uh, there's a lot of great players on that list, and I think you pretty much nailed it. Uh, Want to take a quick call before we go to break? Yes, yeah, Tom's still it. there. Uh, is Tom still there? Hi, Tom. Yeah, I'm here. Okay. Hey, yeah, how are you? Hey, Tom, yeah, great. Tom, I got to tease you. You just uh, you looked at the notes the program director gave you. Obviously, I was the one under call in for Mike McGee. 
Oh, there that's you go. what he's doing. There you go. <laughs> what do you remember and about I his? A, he was. What do you yeah, remember got, about I him? A, I got a super quick little story about okay. him. Okay, go ahead. Uh, when he was playing, when he was playing for Omaha North, he uh, came to Lincoln to play at uh, Lincoln High's gym against Southeast one night, and I was a ninth grader, and I was so in awe of this guy. He dropped like forty-eight, and uh, that next year I was a sophomore at Northeast, and my first game. I thought I'd emulate him, and I wore a full-length leather jacket. And Ed Johnson came up to me, and he's like, "I don't know if something's wrong with you, or you need to wear, uh, you know, your your black and white leather jacket or something, because that ain't going to fly on the Northeast Park." That's funny. Yeah, Ed was uh, was a legend. Ed Johnson at Northeast. I played for Aldi uh, back in the day at Lincoln High. Uh, let's get to break. I think we're going to bring in the gang. Uh, we're going to learn a lot about Mary Allen's Food for the Soul. Uh, and it's out there, South Point, basically, near the Upside Grill. Uh, Red Robin is in that neighborhood. Uh, you'll find brisket. Uh, they've got catfish. They've got pulled pork. Uh, they've got uh, ribs. Uh, they've got the hot butter wings. And we'll talk about food. And then we'll eat food, Bach. Uh, are you in for that? I'm ready for All some right. food, yeah. Uh, we'll talk about it coming up. You're listening to Tom and Bach. Watch live on Facebook, YouTube, or Twitch.